good performance, man. Don't ever leave Chelsea. Never give up. And welcome to episode 82 of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. This is going to be a very special episode. It's international break. We've got no matches to review. Uh, it's quite boring. No one's actually played an international match really yet. Not really doing much. But we have got a very special topic to talk about. A topic that I am obviously going to be able to wax lyrical about, and some of my panel is also going to be able to wax lyrical about. Today we are going to talk about Ruben Loftus-Cheek, his time at Chelsea, the way he's come back from his injuries, and the whole remontada he has done this season, and how he moves forward. Now, to talk about this brilliant topic, I have some wonderful guests, starting off with my regular co-host, as always, Jesters. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, international doesn't start till tomorrow, or actually tonight for some people, uh, for us tomorrow. Uh, so that and uh, getting to talk about uh, an actual Cobham graduate that's worth talking about, not somebody that hasn't done anything, somebody who's who's been there, done that, uh, got knocked down, got back up a few times. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yes, definitely. I mean, we won't we won't mention any other players. We'll, we'll kind of keep it to Ruben. We won't uh, put any more slide digs to Orange Slices himself, but we'll leave it there. Um, and my second guest, it's his first time on the channel. And obviously, this is the most perfect time to bring him on because he is part of the Ruben the Chick fan club. Um, Josh, how you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's uh, happy to be here. Been twerking for a while to get on this podcast, so uh, what better way to get on than uh, than to speak about the one and only Ruben Loftus-Cheek? So, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Less excited about international break, but excited to be here about Ruben. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I was I was honestly saving you for this episode. I was thought I've got to bring Josh on for the first time talking about Ruben. It's the perfect time to bring him on. Um, I was hoping to bring Xavi on, but Xavi has gone ghost in the last hour, but it's fine. It's fine. Jester's has taken his place in the Rupert Loftus-Cheek fan club. Josh <laughs> Josh has been promoted to vice president, and there you go. There, That's how it is. So, first of all, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go through from start to finish. So, Josh, I'll start with you. What was your first memories of Ruben that you, at Chelsea that you kind of connected with um, to see, oh, look, this is a good player. Yes. So for me, my my first kind of uh, knowledge of Ruben was my buddy who got me kind of into Chelsea. Uh, him and I were, were big fans of, of Pogba. Now I know, obviously, like there's been some some changes in how people view Pogba. But at the time, this was probably 2015. Uh, we, were, we were big fans of him, just his, his game and his ability. And I, we were, I was always telling my buddy, like, man, I wish we had – Pogba I wish we had this guy a guy like Paul Pogba and he was like he's like you know what we, we kind of do you should see this guy in our academy Ruben Loftus-Cheek and so we pulled up some this was I mean 2015 so much different access then but we pulled up YouTube and put in some clips of him and watched him in some of the academy games and man he was built you know they're built they were built very similar Ruben has since put on lots of muscle but at the time tall lanky but loads of ability. You could see it right away. Um, and I was 
we were, I was like, well, man, how come this kid, he should, he should be playing. He should get some chances. Uh, and, and then, you know, slowly over the next year or two, I think he sort of started to get, catch the eye of Mourinho uh, and, and eventually made his way into some, some cup games. But that, that was my first kind of glimpse into him is just a buddy of mine being like, Hey, you should, you should see this kid, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He's, he's a, he's a stud. Like he's, if you, you like Pogba, you'll like this kid. He's built there, you know, very similar. Now I, you could argue now their games are a little bit different. Um, I'd argue I like Ruben's game and abilities more than, than what Pogba offers. But at the time they were kind of in a similar mold. Uh, but yeah, I mean, some of the stuff he was doing, I think he was like Academy player of the year, a, a bunch of years in a row. Uh, you, you could just see it. He jumped off the screen right away with, with some of the stuff that he was doing. Um, so that was my first sort of forte into him even being at the club. Uh, just old YouTube videos of, of some of his early youth games and, and just the kind of, uh, you could, see, I mean, literally sometimes you could see a player and be like, oh, you know, maybe he'll get there. You could see it right away with him, the, the ability that he he possessed. Um, so so for me, that was my first forte into even knowing who he was. Um, just just sort of like capturing my eye it was just kind of like I wanted a Pogba type player at Chelsea, and then to see oh we have a kid who can do a lot of these things in our academy. Uh, it, it was great to see him finally work his way up into the first team and, and get some chances. Uh, under Mourinho in the in the cups, but yeah, I was uh, I, I I was a big fan the first time from the first time I saw him. Yeah, that was a that's a very interesting story. Obviously, it's one of the things where it was probably one of your first. You, is your it was your first experience at Chelsea was Ruben off the cheek, and now I understand where the the passion from you comes from. And yeah, I mean, I, with the Pogba thing, I can kind of understand that in a way. I think they have definitely gone on different paths. I yep. do think it also depends on the team because I do think Pogba has regressed at Man United. But there you go. Yeah. Um, sometimes it happens in players' careers. And I think with the injuries as well, Ruben's gone on a slightly different path as well. But he's every time, as we'll talk about later on, he's bounced back every time. Um, Jesters, obviously, I know you came in a bit later to the scene, but... What what was your first experience, Ruben? Well, it was Crystal Palace. The uh, it must have been uh, seventeen eighteen because he was at Chelsea under Sarri at eighteen nineteen. So it had to be seventeen eighteen at Palace. Um, I, I believe that that's the correct year. Yeah, and I think he so. he was you know he was probably their best player. I think Barr probably, uh, I believe Zaha was there. So him and Zaha were the were the two men. And, uh, of course, I knew he was a Chelsea academy, but he was on loan. Uh, so I watched him, and he was, he was you know, big physical. Uh, he reminded me of uh, a tight end in American <laughs> football. Yeah. You know, some of the guy... People just bounced off of, uh, and so if you, if you don't know American football, uh, go go watch some tight ends play, and you'll you'll understand why I I like him. Ruben Loftus Cheek to that, uh, he's just a, a specimen, and to, to have that rare ability of skill 
with the physicality and the height that he has and to be able to do the things he does with the with the ball on his feet is just amazing and it's very rare you know sometimes you get smaller guys who can do the, the things with their feet or bigger guys who, who can do other you know the physical things and it's good at passing but to put it all together and have it all in one package it's, it's a rarity uh and he brought that so you know the next thing was uh, under sorry him coming in and just bawling out i mean he really took us to the next level uh when he came in for kovacic and uh i i thought he was absolutely brilliant uh and it, what sold me was the game i can't remember who it was against it might have been against crystal palace actually where Hazard cuts inside and, and puts the ball with his right foot, curls it, top bends. Mm. And to not be outdone, Ruben does the same thing in the game. I mean, and, and I actually thought that Ruben's was a, a, a nicer, a better shot. You know, yeah, think, goes on his right foot and puts it top bends. Yeah, I think Ruben's was even from maybe outside the box, too, which was... Yeah. So it was like anything you can do, I can do better. And so for me, that's the that's the one thing that I remember that just stands out in my mind. That being that big and be able to to have such finesse on the ball, to be able to curl a ball and top bends. I mean, we don't have very many people on our team right now that can do that. But from from that guy, from that position, it was just it was a, a beautiful sight, and that's what I would. That's when uh, I knew that he was a player for Chelsea. Uh, although you know, then we we can go forward into the injuries and everything after that. But that's my first recollection of him really, truly being burned in my mind as a uh, a special player. Yeah, I mean that that sorry season was special, and even the Crystal Palace loan as well. It just he really it was one of the ones where. Young players, we always say you've got to go out on loan and you've got to prove yourself and to step yourself back in that team. And I think Ruben Loftus-Cheeky did that straight away with the Palace loan. And then obviously it took a little bit of time for Sari to bring him in. But I think Sari did well to bring him in slowly. I, I mean, I don't, you don't, I don't usually praise Sari because I don't, I don't particularly like him as a manager and his philosophy. But the one thing that he did well was Ruben. And I, I kind of knew Ruben had it in him anyway, but... He was the manager to bring it through, so I, I'll have to give him the credit for it. Um, in terms of my ex- first experiences of Ruben, was actually watching live. I was at the, I used to go to a couple of the FA Youth Cups because you know Chelsea were always in the final, so I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go Stamford Bridge, see how the youth youth team plays. Um, cheap tickets and all that, so might as well go watch it. And it was against Fulham. So it was a local derby, so I thought, all right, this could be an interesting match. And we won 6-3 in the end. Christensen was absolutely dreadful in the game, but we'll get to that in another time. <laughs> um, but Ruben, as a captain, was absolutely balling out, was absolutely phenomenal, carried that team, and he just he seemed to have that superiority of just over everyone he was blasting through players with his height because he was so much more physically built than everyone else um but he had that technical ability as well as we always said and i looked at that player and thought 
that that's my sort of player. It's just everyone has that player that is just their sort of player. Uh, obviously, with Jesters and me, we both kind of love Pulisic in that kind of way, kind of way as well, because he, they, he is the type of player we do love and attract to. But Ruben was that exact player. I, 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 I like a, I like a person that is technically gifted, but has that kind of physicality, and he will get stuck in, and he's not afraid to put in the tackle. Um, and Ruben was exactly that. He just dominated the scene, and I thought, again, it was. I quite, so as you said, Josh, it was kind of around the time of Pogba was doing well. We then went to United and everyone was like, oh, we've got Pogba. Look how fantastic he's going to be. But I was like, yeah, but we have Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm, I, I think we're all right. And I, it, obviously, Cobbanistas didn't really exist back in the day, but <laughs> you prob- I probably was a Cobbanista back then. I was going to Cobham games, repping Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, and yeah. Since then, I've always I've always been a massive fan. He's been my favourite player every season, and quite literally gone through the highs and lows of him. Um, but as we as we've seen, he's come back and he's produced the remontada I always thought he would, um, and I'd argue the ultimate remontada. But we'll, we'll get to that later on. Um, Josh, I'll come to you first. Obviously, tell me about Ruben. What 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 to you? What is his best attributes? Uh, what what is what is it about him? That makes him Ruben. Yeah, well, I think Jester said it best when he, you know, when you look at a guy who's built like he is, like, I don't know if you can name another person in world football, and I mean this, who's as big and strong as he is with the feet that he has and the shooting ability that he has and the passing ability that he has. Now, you could say, like, Pogba is a big guy. Like, he's a big, tall guy. He's not built like Ruben you know, as far as the base goes and, and, but he might be the only other one who's as tall as Ruben with the sit with similar feet that can kind of dribble with the ball like that. But I, when you watch him, I mean, he, he has the dribbling ability of a Kovacic. And I, again, I mean everything I say when I say this, I've watched enough of him and I've watched enough of our team to, to really feel like I can speak with chess. He has the, the dribbling ability of a Kovacic the body, the size, the strength of of a center back. I mean, he just does. Guys, you watch that City game when he came on. I mean, Phil Foden is bouncing off of him. I mean, flying off of him. And he can shoot the ball with, with the best of them. He's the, our best shooting midfielder, and I will firmly stand by that. I don't think we have a midfielder who, who can shoot the way that he does. And I'm not talking about guys like Mount because, you know, I'm talking about the guys in our current – system that play midfield so your Conte's Kovacic Jorginho Ruben those guys I think he's the best shooting midfielder of that group without a doubt um he can pass just as good as any of those guys I mean if you want to talk about you know Jorginho to me I listen I love the guy he's a really great player Ruben is capable of doing the passes and making the passes that Jorginho makes. He just is. If you need a guy to shuffle the ball around, he's plenty capable of that. Uh, but he also, when you watch him play, he is a progressive-minded player. So he will spray balls out to the wingbacks. He'll sp- carry the ball and dr- and dip a ball off to one of the wingers. Um, he's shown that, and he's shown it time and time again. Um, so for me, just the absolute versatility of a guy like him is not matched in our team, and and I'll stand by that. I still think he's one of our best two midfielders that should be playing 
uh, week in and week out. And, and I think eventually you'll see Tuchel come to that. He's, he's very close to that determination now, I think, when you watch. But he'll come to that determination just like Sari did, uh, that this guy has to play. And I think he changes our game uh, drastically when he comes on. <clears throat> so for me, what, what really sets him apart is that versatility that you just don't get uh, from any of our other midfielders. They all sort of do one thing well. He does three, four, five things really well. So, so for me, when I think of him, I just think versatility is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, he's just a spectacular player. He really is. Uh, there's, there's not much more I can say other than the, the guy is just capable of doing so many things. Yeah, def- I mean, I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I think he is really a special player in a lot of different ways, and he, he can do a lot of different things that other players that are similar to him in a way can't do all of what Ruben can. They can they might be able to do the physical stuff, but they can't do the technical stuff as much. And then you have technical players that can do the technical stuff, but they can't do the physical stuff. But Ruben is really just built to do both. Um, and it's fantastic to see. Um, Jester's obviously Josh went in quite a bit of good detail into his best attributes, but is there anything you wanted to add into what, what is Ruben's best attributes? Well, I think his best attribute is being able to do all the above, to bring the physicality with, with the technical ability that he has, and for him to play anything, anywhere from a 6 to a 10. And we were talking about signing a young, a young man out of uh, Marseille, excuse me, not Marseille, Monaco, with the same abilities, can play anywhere from a 6 to a 10. Uh, and that still might be on the cards, but... Uh, Ruben kind of makes every midfield transfer uh, seem a little bit less likely. Uh, And and I guess the players that I look at that that are like Ruben, there's not very many. I would say two of many. Not as tall, but still physical, can drive the ball, pass, shoot. Uh, Look at uh, Milinkovic Savic out of... uh, at Lazio, uh, not as good as a dribbler as as Ruben is, but can pass the ball, can shoot, bit good in the box uh, from set pieces. But bar that, uh, you've got Pogba that has the technical skill, but really not the physicality. He got injured in a shooting drill. It's out for eight to ten weeks. So, uh, yeah, I think that that his uh, abilities, and and now that Tuchel has seen him, uh, I hate to tell you people out there, but a certain Cobham flunky will not be being bought because we have one Ruben Loftus-Cheek. <laughs> so um, it, it, that's just it's a done deal. Ruben is taking that spot. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I agree with both of you. I think... He's such a perfect... I don't want to say that he's the perfect midfielder because obviously no one's perfect, but he just brings so many different attributes. And again, of someone... you would, like you, as, as, as I've said, you would expect a physical player not to be as good technically with the ball as certain other players that we know uh, are linked to Chelsea are. But he is he's good with both. And it's not like... It, sometimes you get these players that are jack-of-all-trades but master at none. 
Ruben isn't really one of them guys either. He, he excels in both sides of the game. And I, I'd really like to, obviously, if I, if I ever got the chance to interview him, which would be a dream come true, I'd love to ask him about it and see where, where, this, where this route come from. Was it to do with his training from coaches as a young kid? Because it, it just seems so natural to him compared to other players that are just very much taught it as they go through the professional game at Chelsea. Um, so it, it, it's great to see. But obviously, as I said, Ruben is not the perfect player. Uh, it pains me to say that, but he isn't. And just as obviously, I expect you to be the most level-headed out of the three of us <laughs> on here. Um, so what, what would you say Ruben needs to improve on as a player um, to get to that highest level? Well, I, I think that skill set wise, I, I don't know that there's too much he can improve skill set wise. You know, I think he's lost a little bit of pace from the Achilles injury. Uh, probably some, you know, maybe not so much the top end speed, but the getting to the top end, the, 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 the suddenness, which it looks like he's now using more of his physicality to compensate for that, which is good to see. Uh, it, I think. You know, with with him, uh, like a, a, another player, one of my favorite players, it's availability. As long as he stays available, um, and maybe uh, he'll also, along with the availability, uh, getting to learn the deeper role. The more he plays it, the more he'll have some instinctual. Uh, the the instincts in that position will kick in. He'll be able to read the game a little bit better, uh, pick out a pass maybe a, just a little bit better. It's not like he can't pass the ball. That's, uh, uh, but to, to be able to, you know, I, I can't, I just can't see very much, you know. Maybe uh, he needs to get some of his clinical ability back, the killer uh, inside or around the box. I want to see him shoot from outside the box more. Because we need that to stretch defenses and open up uh, the the box a little bit, but we know we've seen him do it, so it's not like it's something he has to improve on. I think confidence is probably the main thing. Confidence and and just play time. If he gets that, I think we'll we'll, we'll start seeing some more of the uh, eighteen nineteen Ruben. And once once you do, if you have that in this team. Tell you what, everybody needs to be scared. Be very scared because we're going to be snatching some souls and hearts uh, because that's going to be an unstoppable team. Definitely, definitely. Um, Josh, is there anything you'd add to that of of, um, of any of Ruben's weaknesses, if I can call it that? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, there's no perfect player, right? So everybody's got... Uh, everyone's got some deficiencies and then, you know, game to game guys make mistakes. I mean, there's, it just happens, you know, sometimes the guy might not be on his best day. Um, I think for right now, it's probably learning to play, like Jester said, learning to play a little bit deeper, which is not something that he's generally been asked to do uh, just based off the formation. But I think he's shown so far, he's picking that up quite well. Uh, yep, staying injury free is a big thing for him. Obviously, he's he's had a couple of issues with that over the years. Uh, I think a lot of that just comes with the the size that he is. He's such a big guy. Sometimes those kind of guys can can pick up an injury here or there. Um, 
Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that. I mean, I, I I think he has a final third ball in him. I think we've seen that already. Um, yeah, just building some confidence, being more confident to to just take shots. Uh, I think we saw. I don't remember exactly. Maybe the, was it was. It might have been the Newcastle game where his shot that led to one of Reese's goals. It was deflected right back to Reese, and then Reese finished it off. Um, I think things like that are, are big, uh, big benefits to the team. Um, you know, and then a, a couple of times this season, he's he's tried to do maybe a little bit too much in the middle of the park, and, and he lost the ball once or twice. Now, listen, guys are going to lose the ball throughout the course of a game. Occasionally, it's going to happen. But maybe just shoring that up a little bit, being a little bit more decisive when he has the ball in the middle of the park, get it off your feet a little bit quicker. Um, You know, unless there's room to to dribble, get that ball out wide, spray it wide to somebody. Um, But I think he'll learn from that. Tuchel's an amazing manager. He'll have watched film with him and and had one-on-ones with him where he's saying, like, hey, man, in the middle of the park, Let's just be a little bit more decisive. We don't we don't need you to, to dribble through three or four guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think Tuchel will start to – I think he learned a lesson just from the, the Malmo to Burnley game where you saw I mean, Ruben by far man of the match for me in the Malmo game. And then when we played Burnley, I think all of us picked him to start. Uh, you saw the difference when he wasn't playing. And then when he came on – the, the kind it just turns up the offense a little bit it gives everybody he gives everybody a little bit of breathing room um so i don't know if you'll see Tuchel make that mistake uh anymore this season uh, so for me yeah his deficiencies are, are just kind of little things that he could clean up they're not really a, there's not really a glaring deficiency in my opinion uh that he lacks it's just a matter of game time experience and doing, you know, learning what the manager wants from him. Uh, that those are really the only things that I think he needs. He needs to, to to take, you know, build on. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I tend to agree with you guys both that it is it is more just finishing touches for me. And I think a mixture of it is because he's still getting back, still he's still getting back from that injury. The recovery is still going. He's just trying to get them little finite touches to bring back to his game to step him up that one more step. Because I do think he's only one step down from that Ruben 2018-2019 era. And I think the positive thing is he has had no, not one single hiccup with that Achilles at all. So it's all about confidence. And I think he's getting that the more he plays. He's had his assist come into the game. He's had opportunities where he's nearly scored. Um and he's he's getting his man the match performances, so that is coming, and I think it will. I think it should hopefully come by the end of the season that we get that. I mean, if there is something I'd really try and pick out from his game that he needs to improve on, would be again if he's going to play that double six role, almost in the midfield. I do think defensively there is areas to improve on. I think he does work very hard to get him forward, but. Obviously, maybe in terms of being a box-to-box midfielder, needs to do a little bit more getting back. But again, sometimes that's not. You don't. Sometimes you, you don't want to take put too much of that into his game and then take it away from his attacking ability. So sometimes that is more just having a partner that, like a, as we'll probably talk about later on, like Gallagher, that could do that more defensive work next to him, and they could work together as a pair. And one goes up, one stays back. 
and they kind of switch it up a little. So I, I think I think Ruben is nearly there, um, but there's just little things to improve on, which is when you talk about a player, that is very good to hear because it's, there's no glaring um, issue with Ruben, which is why, as we'll go into, is one of the reasons why he's so special. But Josh, tell me, just from just from the heart and from everything, why is Ruben? Why is Ruben? Why is Ruben a special player? Uh, you know, for me, with he, when I think about him, I just think about the club. Like he exudes. Like you wanted people talk about proper shells all the time. Like to me, he exudes that. He's he's gone on loan when he probably probably should have stayed. He's come back with a refreshed attitude. He to me, he always is. I'd love to like take part in some of the trainings and see you know, how he trains. Cause, like I imagine he probably trains like a monster. Um, the the guy just doesn't have any quit in him. I I never seen him quit. I mean he he's been through some terrible injuries and and he just refused. He's always wanted to play for the club. He plays for the badge. Um, to me, those things are special as a Chelsea fan. Like you can you can buy guys that that come in and, and play for your team, but they never really they never really to me, exude exude for the badge, like play for the badge. Uh, he always does that. When I see him, when I think about him, I think about Chelsea. Um, it's, he did, yeah, he's just a special, special player, a special person. He seems like a, a great teammate. Um, I think all of his teammates love and respect him. I don't think there's probably, there's probably not a lot bad you could say about the guy personally. Um, yeah, man. I, I, to me, it's the the desire and fight to want to want to play for Chelsea and play for the first team. I think he he exudes that when you just everything he does. I I I could see with the guy with his history being bitter and and maybe not wanting to be here. I could see that through some of the things he's been through, but he's never shown that, never expressed that. Always willing to 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 do whatever it takes to get back into the team. Um, and so for me, those are those are uh, character things that that for me make him a special player. Aside from all the stuff we've talked about that he is physically capable of doing on the pitch, uh, I think he's a very high character guy. Um, we talk about that more in American sports, guys. You want high character guys on your team. Uh, I don't think it's talked about as much in, in European football, but for me. Uh, that's what he brings. He's just a high character, high high motor guy that uh, I think is in, invaluable to to this team. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, Jesters, what what for you makes Ruben so special? Well, I won't be getting as emotional as Josh. Is you all right, man? You need a tissue? <laughs> let, me wipe, let me wipe the tear, guys. Let me wipe the tear. Hi. Just chewing the fat. Uh, for me, because I'm an American and we love uh, the underdog story or a comeback story, and that's what Ruben is. Um, he, he's he been an underdog to get back in this team. Even by me, I didn't think he'd be back in this team. Uh, so, you know, that it's brilliant. I'm glad to be wrong. Uh, but to come back, to, to, to be at the height of your game, and to lose everything with an injury, to lose your future, not knowing what, what you can do, and the perseverance, the train to come back, 
uh, to reinvent yourself a, a little bit to be able to fit in this team that just you know that's not just somebody something you want from a footballer that's what you want in from from a human right and in terms of humanity that shows all the positive qualities that we have to you know there's there's a certain amount of the population when they got that injury would just give up and quit because that's the easiest thing to do except that you're never going to be what you were you're never going to be playing at the highest level and just quit because it's easy the hard thing to do is to go through the pain and the recovery rebuilding yourself working hard staying quiet believing in yourself accepting what you have to do getting back in the team and then once you get your chance you know plant your flag saying i'm here you've got to play me now coach and that's what he's done and thomas tuchel has recognized he he will be a pivotal player for us other players maybe haven't done that uh but Ruben has, and Tuchel's acknowledged that, you know, he, he's going to be pivotal going forward and, and making some uh, choices in the midfield, uh, harder, harder choices to make because he brings something that no of the other midfielders that we have on this team bring, and that's the height and physicality, the ability to win a header in the midfield. So for me, it's just, uh, the utmost respect because I've been there in my life too, being at the lowest moment, thinking that there's no way forward and persevering and overcoming. So, you know, to me, that just, that just, it, it says everything I want to see in a player and, and more than that, in a human, you know, to overcome and rise above and, and, be, and uh, reinvent yourself when you have to. Yeah, I mean, Jester's. I think you started getting emotional towards the end of that. You need to borrow my tissue, Jester. Yeah, I need, I need, I need tissue too. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we can all get emotional about Ruben. But I think, for me, obviously, you guys have mentioned the whole comeback and the Remontada and his um, that personal personality on the field, which I think, again, that is fantastic from Ruben. I think it's one of a kind. It's not, I don't think people could name 10 players in the Premier League, if not Europe, that have done the same thing uh, to his level. But what I love about Ruben, just in terms of on the field, is that there is no one that that can do what Ruben does. uh, People talk about Kante. When Kante leaves, there's no one guy to replace Kante. But at the same time, there is also no one player to replace Ruben. Yes, Kovacic has some of the traits that Ruben uh, brings. Yes, certain other players do. Declan Rice might have some of the physicality that Ruben has. But there is no one player that you can realistically bring in and do what Ruben does. And that's why when when everyone spoke about, oh, his injury's coming back, uh, can he bounce back? My answer was always yes. As long as he... I I always thought he had the personality and the... the, the, he He had that kind of grit to come back and play for Chelsea. But he... Once he gets into the squad... That there's no one that can do what he does, so he has that unique role. So even if he's not a first-team starter every single minute of every single game, he has that one thing that you can bring on and bring into the team that no one else has. And I guarantee 
if you go through all the top teams, the Man Cities, the Liverpools, the Arsenal's, Tottenham's, and I'm not really listing off big teams anymore, but there you go. There's not many big teams in the Premier League anymore. But um, they would all be craving for a player like Ruben. And if you use Ruben right, he is a very special player. I think England, in terms of the... If we're going back to the international setting, as we are in now, England crave a proper player like Ruben. And I think should had Ruben have not got his injury, possibly Euros may have turned out different because we would have had that player in the midfield that really connects it all together. But that's just one of them things. Obviously, the injuries happen, and we'll we'll kind of get into that now. Um, but it's it, yeah, he, for me, he's just a special player that is irreplaceable in this team in terms of getting one player that can do all what he does. Um, but anyway, we'll move on. Obviously, Ruben's career hasn't been all sunshines and rainbows. Um, he's had multiple issues, starting with his, with injuries. Um, obviously, back in the day of his Sari days, and his Conte days, he had issues with his back. And it was it seemed like every time we thought he got back on the pitch, over, he, he had injuries, he had reoccurrences. And this was a, this is the part where everyone was like, is Ruben just done? Is it his physicality? Is his growing body? Is it overcoming? And is he not ready to play the professional game? But after some grit and determination, he's obviously got, he obviously got back from that. And then that's when we got the sorry season as it was. Um, and then obviously it was that game in America um, where he got that injury. Um, unfortunately, um, it was it's one of them things that just happens it could have happened to any other player but being out for 13 months um is dreadful um josh what was when when ruben was going through them injuries what was your thoughts about it did you ever think he could come back at all from them and overcome them yeah i mean the 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 back stuff yes i thought you know that's just it's gonna that's just him going learning how to adjust and and deal with his body at at this level uh he was a young player so so it's about kind of taking care of yourself after the game properly uh you know making sure you're doing the things to strengthen your back in the off season um, those were things that i think yeah he'll 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 be okay from this this is something he'll learn to deal with and learn learn proper proper protocol to take care of that stuff um, the ankles, uh, you know, those can be those can be scary. We've seen guys with, have ankle issues, and it can really hinder their career. But uh, for him, it didn't seem too bad. Um, he seemed to get over those pretty well. Uh, the Achilles, man, now that's a different story because uh, that can be a really tricky injury to deal with. Really tricky, um, especially you know here in some of our sports in the states, basketball, football, some of the more explosive sports, you know, when a guy hurts his Achilles, you know, they're generally never the same. Uh, so that was my huge fear for him. I think just like everybody else, you know, extremely uh, sorry for him when he, when that injury happened. Uh, and I wasn't quite sure it was going to be the same. Uh, for me, last year when he went on loan, I wasn't necessarily looking or even expecting him to to blow the 
blow the wheels off and just be some amazing player at Fulham. I just wanted him to see him stay healthy, get some minutes and stay healthy. Uh, he seemed to have done that all right. Uh, he, you know, however you can say however the loan spell went that you want, but he seemed to at least stay fit. Uh, but I wasn't sure, man. Coming into this season, I, I, I saw some stuff in the preseason that I liked from him in training, and he was he looked sharp, he looked happy, which I thought was a good sign. Um, but I wasn't sure, and you know, until he stepped on the pitch, uh, I don't think anybody was a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it's always difficult. You don't ever want to get the title of injury prone because then the fans will stay on your neck, and any time anytime something happens, it's it's your fault because you're injury prone. Um, so for me, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, I, it was, it was scary for a little bit there. There was definitely, uh, some, a little bit of doubt that, that like Jester was saying before, he wasn't sure he was going to get back in this team. I think that was, that's fair. I think that was fair for a lot of people to think that, um, but Hey man, good on him to, to fight through it and, and do the work, put in the time in the gym uh matt sent me a video earlier of him fresh off the injury taking his first steps and i mean the guy could barely walk uh legs were shaking doing five kilogram leg presses just trembling Uh, so you know uh it's a it's a tribute to him and his work ethic that that he fought back from that so i I, it is what it is um yeah there's always a fear there but you know when you have the kind of spirit and you work as hard as a guy like that does anything's possible especially in today's you know modern medicine kind of era so for him I, i'm glad he's I, i'm glad he's back I'm, I'm glad he fought through it uh and he's got a clean slate in my opinion yeah i mean big up to chessy hour for the tweet i mean that that video I, I remember seeing it back in the day and that that really pained me to see that video because of how his cast were literally it would he literally looked like he was a tall lanky kid no muscle at all um, and then struggling with that 5kg leg press it's just it's something it, it it's not nice to see but the fact that he's managed to come from that to how he is now built back up really it looks i mean apart from the as we said the finite things that he's missing at the moment you wouldn't think if he you wouldn't think he's been out for 13 months with an achilles injury i mean as you said they are career-ending, and normally in football, again, it's the same. There's been plenty of people that have had less serious Achilles injuries and taken longer to come back from them. But Ruben has he's, he's worked hard um, and got through it. I mean, my background from the from being an osteopath, I, I've know I know some of the stuff that he's had to go through. Obviously, with the back, uh, the sciatica, the mixture of the um, growing pains as well. The amount of rehab he had to do just to get his back back to how it was is insane. And the daily stuff that even now has to do to keep his body at prime peak above to what everyone else does. Ruben spends most more time, extra time in the gym every single day just to keep himself at that physical peak. And that if that's not determination for me, I don't know what is. Um, and then the Achilles injury is one of them things, but it's a credit to... The Chelsea uh, fitness staff, the physiotherapists, um, everyone that worked with Ruben and himself to come back from that. Because I said, I'd say that it's about a 20, 10, 20% chance of people coming back like Ruben has from it. 
uh, from an injury of his severity being out for over a year. Um, and that wasn't a COVID thing, even coming back from project restarts, he was not actually back yet. So we, we saw that he wasn't, it was a 13 month state of work, like some of the other injuries where they were plagued out because we were in a lockdown. Um, but yeah, Jester's obviously you did have kind of a doubt over Ruben in terms of the Achilles injury, which is natural. Um, but what what did you think of Ruben's injuries and how he overcome it? Well, I, I got to separate the injuries out. You have the, the back and the ankle issues. Uh, whenever you're growing uh, into your adult body, you're going to have those issues when you're an athlete. Uh, most people do. And I think, he, you know, again, if you want to be a top athlete, you get to work through those. And those were those were seemingly behind him when we come to the Achilles injury. Now, the back or, or the ankles were never going to stop him from, from reaching his true potential. The Achilles injury, however, that's a whole different story. That's a, a major injury that's, that can be career-threatening. Uh, um, and look, it's a lot of work. Uh, from somebody who who had to build their body back from nothing like I did, and and, and not to the point of being a world class class athlete, by the way, which is even more work. It is painful. It is hard. Uh, you know, the first uh, first thing you have to overcome is the mental state of I don't know if I, if I can do this. I don't know if I can put this much pressure. I don't want to re. You know, it's it's that mental block of not wanting to re-injure yourself and then to understand, okay, I'm not going to injure myself and then to be able to, to uh, persevere through, through all the hard work, 13 months worth before you even saw the pitch, really. Um, yeah, it's just difficult. But, uh, you know, that just tells you he has the quality or, or like uh, a, a certain YouTube personality would like to, likes to say, he definitely has the minerals mm -hmm. um, to, 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 to get through. So, uh, yeah, I was a doubter. I didn't think that he'd ever play for Chelsea again, much less to this level that he's shown. Happy to be wrong, right? Some of those things, you're, you know, I don't mind being slated for that. <laughs> happily, I'm happily wrong. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. And, uh, I just want to see him succeed now. I want to see him get a little bit better, a little bit more polished with get, with the game time. Uh, a couple goals and assists would help that along. Just to say, hey, look, I'm back. And uh, this midfield's now, I got to be number one on the team sheet. Uh, I would love to see that. Then, you know, that's the, that's the, the, the rocky moment, knocking out uh, Clubber Lang or something like that, right? You're back on top, getting your belt back. Uh, so that's 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 the final piece of that that whole story, and it, it's it's a it's a uh, it's one of those stories that that you could you could do a a short movie on, you know, you could you could do a special on, uh, maybe a good autobiography. That's a great story in that, because uh, people always like to see the, the you know the somebody falling down and getting back up and 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 succeeding. That's Again, that's a human story. So, uh, yeah, it's it's brilliant from him. So, 
I just want to share a piece of news. Kai Havertz has not been training with uh, Germany because of his thigh bruise he picked up in at the Burnley game. So we might not see him in any international break. Good. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, I saw that and I laughed a bit. I was like, we're talking about with Ruben, a 13-month Achilles injury and Kai Havertz is missing games with bruised fires. I'm just like, there's, there's, if there's the, if you want to talk about levels of determination and grit in terms of injuries, there you go. I mean, Bruce fire that that is it is quite funny when I read that. But there, there you go. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go in, go into it. Kai's injuries. I mean, I'm glad, like you guys, he's not playing in national duty because it means he can come back and be fit and ready for the games for Chelsea, which is the most important thing. Yep. Um, but just as before, we go back to Josh. Obviously. Within the Chelsea community, you have your different hives for different players. Mount has his um, most most known is Andres Christensen's Lewis's uh, AC <laughs> hive, particularly with the words the AC remontada. My question <laughs> to you is: with all the stuff Ruben's been through, as you said, comparing it to the Rocky movies, that is that it is it is. That is perfect way to describe it. He has been in such lows and he's come out of them. Is this the ultimate remontada for a Chelsea player in this current squad? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there's I always love, you know, we talk about these, the Cabamistas and, and, you know, the, the, their love for certain players. You've got Mounts, you've got the Chohos. Uh, but Ruben and Andreas Christensen do not get the love, even though they've been through the ringer. Um, they've been cast aside. Some of them, they don't. Some of, you know, you're starting to see now. Ruben's playing better. He gets mentioned as a Cobham graduate. But it's like you know, where 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 were you at before? It's like the flavor of the month. It's the new shiny toy. And it's quite frankly um, some terrible choices by some of these people on Twitter, YouTube, that want to hype up certain players but forget, or maybe they don't know, or they don't understand how good Ruben is at his peak. At his best, Ruben is better than Mount. I'll say it. He's better than Mount. I'll, I'll back you on that. Amen. Uh, look, I'll put his 18-19 season up against any midfielder or, or really any of our attackers nowadays. It, he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, I would have to say Raymond is probably the ultimate Raymond Tata. Um, you know, and the, I think the final piece would be him getting back into the England squad. And I think if he continues down this road, you'll probably see him at the World Cup, uh, you, you know, over shit row and, uh, <laughs> and those types of players. So he just, you know, uh, he's far, far better player. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I think with the whole AC and Ruben why they don't get the praise and they they get quite a lot of slander from the common common easters which is surprising 
you, the whole throughout Ruben's injury, all you get, you all kept hearing is Instagram model, etc., Twitter model, etc. Oh, not a proper football player. When he's shown more than most of these players his ability, um, but I, I think it's purely because they came before Lampard because there was no real Cobbamistas, at least in the sense that it is now in terms of ingrained in big accounts. Obviously, you had people like Nini, big up to him. He had, he was, he's always been the same throughout, and he always, you always see him bigging up Ruben. Maybe not so much AC, but you, you, he's always been a big Cobbamista. And um, but big up to him, he's he's always been kind of on the same with that. I don't agree with some of it, but that we we can all agree to disagree on certain things. But there was a big kind of trend it was trendy once Lampard came it was trendy to be a Cobblenista and then obviously Ruben was out of the picture by then with the injury Christensen was quite far on in his development so everyone forgot that he's actually a Cobblenista probably because he wasn't English as well it's a mistake that people do make but yeah I think it's it's one of this that is what's that kind of thing but we, at least with Ruben, it's starting to break through. I think with AC, we've got uh, us. We've got to kind of push it a bit more to kind of get let, at least get them the same credibility. To be fair, because they think they deserve it now, especially with the way they've both played uh, in the recent months and years. Um, Josh, obviously, I, I don't. I, I think I can guess the, the answer I'm going to get from this, but is Ruben's remontada the ultimate remontada by Chelsea a player? Um. I mean, you got you got to look at it like for, with the injury he had and the the ability to give up that he he also had. He could have easily given up. Um, I think what what we've seen so far from the season, I'm not I'm not sure you can't say that it is. Um, again, I, it's hard it's hard for me because I, there are, like you with the hives, man. It's like you don't want to get attacked, but like. There's so many fans that have such short-term memories. It's 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 a little crazy to me. Um, I think this season he's shown that he's invaluable to the first team, to the first eleven. Even um, I think we're better when he's on the pitch. Just watching the games, I don't need someone to throw a million stats at me. This guy has this many goals. This guy has that many goals. When we play. And he's on the pitch. I think we're better, um, and I think he's. I think he's proven that in the results. When we're when he's playing, we're better. Now, who do you want to play him with? That's that's a different argument. Um, I still think our best two in the midfield right now would be Jorginho and Ruben. I'm just being fair. Um, in most games that we play, I think that's probably the best pivot. Uh, now, you obviously there's an argument for. For con- oh, you just no. cut out there. Um, okay. Well, no, I was just saying that there's an argument for for the other. There's a lot of sense. Um, I think in the majority of the games that we play, uh, he's proven that he deserves to be on the pitch uh, for all the different things that he offers. Um, so, if you just want a quick answer as far. On this team, it's definitely been the best of them. Um, and I don't think we've seen the best of them yet. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. gold goes in the back. You'll start to see them uh, start to pile up a little bit because he's that. That's with that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly, for me, he's the best. He's the best player in that. Yeah, I mean, he deserves to be in our starting eleven right now. Yeah, definitely. I think he definitely deserves to be in the round of starting eleven. I think he's he's been a fantastic player for us. Um, and hopefully, this is again another great segue into our next conversation. Hopefully, he can be like that in the future. Um, so we are going to speak about. Obviously, we we know Ruben's past. We spoke about that. He's present. How he's doing now, but. What is what is the everyone keeps asking this? What is the future for Ruben? Obviously, he's he's fought his way into the squad, but if you asked people three two three months ago that people didn't Ruben wasn't in their plans. It was let's see, we'll give him a few games, see how it goes, but we'll probably sell him off even if he does well. Um, obviously, just as um, you had uh, done a quite a bit of research into. Um, Ruben and how this midfield of ge- generally with Chelsea is going to work. Um, so, do you, do you want to give the listeners some insight into how you think Ruben can fit into this team? Absolutely. So, uh, this is the part where people are going to sl- uh, start slating, but that's fine. I don't care. I get it every day anyway. <laughs> so, this this is our contract situation. Uh, for our midfielders. Georgie's up in uh, 23. Kova's up in 24. Conte's up in 23. Ruben's up in 24. Gallagher's up in 25. And Gilmore's up in 23. Okay? So we can go through these one at a time real quick. Uh, We've heard the uh, comments from Georgino's agent that after the World Cup, or after he actually said after Italy win the World Cup, Jorginho would like to go back to Italy. Of course, that's just agent speak when he says winning because he probably has a lot of Italian clients and he was speaking about an Italian client. That leads me to believe that Jorginho, after the 22 World Cup, which is next year, will want to go back to Italy. He'll be in his 30s, I believe, and it'll be an easier league for him to play in in his 30s. So if he doesn't re-sign a contract this summer, an extension or whatever, however you want to phrase it, he will probably be moved. Not because he's not good enough, just because we don't want to make the same mistake we're making with Rudiger and not getting the money for the player. You don't want people going on free. We're not Arsenal. Uh and Golo Conte's contract is up in 2023. I could see a scenario where N'Golo says, you know, I'm not going to re-sign. Uh, he's got a lot of injury problems as of late. He's going to be in his 30s. And maybe he wants to go back to France and be closer to his mother. Um. So, uh, that's a possibility. Not to say it's going to happen. These are, these are just scenarios. Kovacic, if he continues to have his good games, 
you could see a Spanish side or an Italian side that went to, wants to rebuild his his midfield come in for him. His contract's up in 24. So where does that leave you? Well, if we stay in a back three, there's no reason to pay $100 million for decline rice. Just not, we don't need a holding midfielder. You have a third center back as the holding midfielder. Uh, there's still talk about bringing a Chuamini in. Of course, he's going to be a lot less than a Declan Rice. And uh, is, is a very similar player to a uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. You know, I would be a fan uh, if Gallagher keeps it going the same way as bringing Gallagher back in that midfield. Let's see what, what Frank Lampard, who hasn't been appointed to the Norwich job, does with Gilmore. If he shows something... Okay, you can bring him back. So you you can replace some of these older uh, midfielders that are, that are ready maybe to possibly leave. They don't want to extend their contracts. You could see Jorginho maybe going to Juventus. Uh, we know we're looking at Matthias de Ligt, so you could have a swap there. Uh, Kovacic has his beginnings in Spain. What if Real Madrid wants to rebuild their midfield and say, well, we want Kovacic back? You make a nice profit on him, send him back, you replace him with Connor Gallagher. But the, the key point is, is you already have Ruben in this team that can play in that twin six role, which actually those sixes play more like box-to-box eights. Um, he's got the physicality. He's got the, he'll have a year experience under his belt. He'll be back to... You know, what is, what's going to be his best going forward? And he can be the, the leader of that midfield. Uh, and, you know, the Cabanistas would be very happy to have a midfield that has Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Connor Gallagher, and Billy Gilmore in there. And then, you know, keeping one of Jorginho Kovacic or Conte. Or if they move on, bring in and chew a mini. So, uh yeah, I think going forward that that Ruben has made a, a decline rise uh, a purchase very, very uh, low percentage chance of happening. We don't need him. Uh, and I think that uh, he saves us a lot of money to where we could use some of that midfield, the, the, the assets out of the midfield to rebuild the defense if we need to. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very interesting point, um, especially with in terms of the contracts, with a lot of them going up very soon. Um, Josh, obviously, what, what, what do you think of Ruben's future in general and then also the future of the Chelsea midfield? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Jesse just gave a great breakdown of some of the contracts we have coming up and, and some of the players' futures. Um, I, I definitely think... Excuse me. I definitely think Jorginho will be leaving in the next year, year or two. Uh, uh, just for all the reasons you said, I think Italy is where he'd prefer to to finish his career. Um, it, the, it's always a little bit of a coin toss with Angolo whether he he will stay or go. There's been a, a lot of rumors the last couple of seasons about him potentially leaving. You know, Kovacic as well uh, is getting a, you know, he's not an old player by any means, but he's getting up there. He could want to go back maybe to a, to a, to a more spaced out league. 
so yeah, I think he slots in and gives us a lot of options at either one of those positions. I think he could play Giorgino's role just fine. I think he could play a ball-carrying midfielder role just fine. Uh, I think he, if we had a three in the middle, he could play either one of the eights and be just fine. Um, so, yeah, he, he could be uh, very beneficial to us and save us some money in the midfield. And maybe we only need to buy one midfielder, uh, you know, depending on how guys like Gallagher and Gilmore pan out. Uh, maybe you only really need to buy one one more player. Um, and then, yeah, you can focus your money, uh, you know, on the offensive end or on the defensive end. Uh, so for me, for me, he's he. He, he right now, I think he's the starter on the team. I think we play our best football when he's in on the pitch. Whether whoever his partner is, that that can be up for debate. But I think I think he makes the team better, and we've played our best football. I think while while he's been on the pitch. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I, there's a lot of season left, and and I think with each game that he plays, each time that he comes on. Uh, Two goals sees a different side, and he he, he probably, uh, you know, I think I think Tuchel, you know, doesn't really have a reason not to start him. Um, he's definitely not giving him one. So yeah, for for me, I, I think the future is bright for him. I think I think he'll he'll be with us for for probably the foreseeable future, and um, can play anywhere in the midfield in any formation, really, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with both of you. I think Ruben has definitely got a future at Chelsea. I think, as I've said, no. If you want to get rid of Ruben, what player you bring in to replace what he does? And I guarantee there won't be a good answer from anyone that can show me how you replace him. One player. Um, I do think there are futures with Jorginho, Kante, and even Kovacic as well that are all. I, I expect possibly all of them to leave in the next two, three years. So we have got a massive transformation period with our midfield. I think Gallagher, the way he's playing, can fit into that. Um, I would be very interested to see in a Ruben and Gallagher pivot work to see if it would gel together. And if it does, I think it would be a great midfield pairing physical in terms of the physical part, technical part, and getting goals from our midfield, which we've lacked for multiple years now. Um, I do think Gilmore obviously has got to develop, so we'll see how he goes. I think I would bring in a Shuamani, no matter whether we're a back three or back four. I think he fits into the team as well, and he's shown again this season that he's playing very well. Um, can do both technical and physical stuff, and I think would be very good fit to the system. But I don't think we should spend a hundred million on a midfielder unless it's going to be a midfielder that is very a very great midfielder that brings in not just a well the world class attributes but experience to what would be a fairly inexperienced midfield should you bring in a Gallagher a Ruben Loftus Cheek who I know he's in age is experienced but he hasn't had as much game time as he would like to of someone of that age then you've got Shuamani, who's again, and Gilmore. If you if he comes in, there's a lot of young midfielders. So if you're going to bring in a big midfielder for a big amount of money, it's got to be someone with a bit more experience that kind of brings that all together, not someone who is 
let's be honest he's a good player but he's a very overpriced 120 million that's the new rumor that's being made it seems to go up every summer and it makes me even more not want to get him but we'll, we'll leave it at that we, we won't uh dig into him anymore i mean this has been a wonderful pod um speaking about a wonderful player we are going to do a few more of these type of pods speaking about one particular player um probably in the international breaks just to kind of give you guys some content because I know content seems to dry up in the international break especially with Chelsea YouTubers nowadays there's not really too much to speak about but we'll always be here we'll bring you some content uh, and some good content um, but yeah so thank you guys for coming for listening and first of all Josh thank you for coming on for the first time yeah, man, I appreciate it again. Thanks for thanks for having me. It was a uh, it was a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to doing one of these with you guys for a while. And uh, you know, what better way to do it than than talking about uh, the Cobham Cobham's best player? Definitely, definitely. And Jester, again, once again, thank you for coming on. As always, uh, thank you for having me, sir. We uh, great podcast. Talk about the Lucian. Was it Lucian uh, Balak? Yes, Lucian Balak. Oh, what. That is a great chant. It's a great chant. Yes, yes sir. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Most definitely, definitely. So, guys, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you check out all the other podcast episodes if you haven't already listened. You can find us on Apple or Spotify, but you can also find all of our stuff on Twitter and Instagram at WWC Pod Article. So, make sure you check that out. And, guys, just make sure you keep supporting the Chelsea. Keep get keep let's let's get all these players some positive thoughts. Let's get them get them to win the league. Let's get this season under wraps. We are worldwide Chelsea and.